Welcome to the UFTA Podcast. Hosted by Emily O'Connor and Jordan Rudolph. The UFTA Podcast brings you a surprisingly fresh take on everyday topics in health, fitness, and everything in between. We want to open the door to explore new information and new solutions in a way that's easy for you to understand and apply to your own life. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Season 3, Episode 6 of the UFTA Podcast. I'm Jordan Rudolph. And I'm Emily O'Connor. And my water is not by me, and I don't know where it is. Um, welcome back to the show, everybody. <laughs> we, uh, we're happy to have you here. We're, we're jumping back on another nutrition topic. Uh, those seem to be coming in hot and heavy lately, but it's also something that we're being asked to do more of from members, clients, listeners, all the things in between. Yeah. I think it's been a common conversation, like we kicked it off with this last series of like the summer, kind of thinking about nutrition and relating to summer, and I think that got some people thinking, both from the episode, but also just in general as we come around to summer, the food seasons change if you're privileged or not privileged enough to live in a climate such as Wisconsin, eating different things kind of incorporating different seasonal vegetables. Again, if you have seasons uh, where you live, other people do not. So they just get fortunate of summer seasons all year round. But I think that always brings the attention to nutrition and the attention to how else can we optimize the health and pursue our health and fitness goals or pursue just health outside of fitness um, from not only like a workout training standpoint, but also from the nutrition side. Yeah, and, and these things that Emily and I bring up again, we we we, we try to stay in the middle ground. Um, so what happens is when we try to stay in the middle ground, we can show you both both ends of the spectrums of all of these things. Um, and it, and 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 our goal in the middle ground is to kind of deliver that surprisingly fresh take of things that you didn't know because you're you, you're usually delivered so one side of these things. So when you're talking about food and nutrition and all these different topics topics that we talk about now with summer and everything else, um, there's going to be a blender or two in the background again for this episode, guys. So deal with it. Uh, we we get to we get to have a uh, our information be listened to in this in this platform. Um, from that perspective, and I know we've talked about that before in a couple episodes. Like we're 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 trying to stay middle for a lot of this, or deliver mm-hmm. deliver what you guys aren't really hearing. And today's topic is on fat and the truth about fat, more specifically healthy fats. Um, this was one that came up, like Emily was talking about, with with nutrition and coming into the summer, and and what you're going to hear today um, might make a lot more sense of uh, of stuff that you've heard in the past. And also, hopefully, that there's some sort of change that is created from the truth about healthy fats as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say this to everybody. It was, oh, gosh, I don't remember his name anymore. Who's the founder of Meal Fit? Um, there's a guy that, that got big in the CrossFit world for a little bit. He was like the head chef of this company. <laughs> and uh, I got it from him. And his name's Matt something. Anyways, it doesn't matter anymore because I can't give him full credit. Uh, the worst thing we did as a society, as a culture, particularly in, particularly in the U.S., but in, in the world, is we call people fat. So we labeled people a macronutrient. Like we don't go around calling marathon runners a carb mm-hmm. or uh, pro, uh, uh, 
muscle builders, bodybuilders, or linebackers in the NFL, we don't call them a pro team, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, w- it would be funny if we did because I would just be curious to see what happened in culture, right? But what happened is we call people fat, so then we are therefore afraid to eat fat mm-hmm. or don't don't know enough about fat besides like the gut reaction of, of it being bad. Mm-hmm. And that's played a downfall towards the consumption of fat and healthy fats yep. and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And there's super big benefits to eating healthy fats um, that we'll touch on first and then we'll kind of go through a little bit more of how it can help with fat loss, mm-hmm. how it plays a role in, in kind of the ketogenic diets and the low carb diets and everything else and energy sustainability. Um, but then just its overall function and how to how to stay in control with that with portions because mm-hmm. that's that the other downfall of fats is that they do have you've you said it in our last episode or the two episodes ago these fats have nine calories per one gram so they're double the calories mm-hmm. of any every other macronutrient mm-hmm. um so there are more calories per gram of fat that you consume so you do have to pay attention to an extent to portion control it's very easy to eat too many calories with fats that that happens so it is it is wise to keep track of portions but at the same time most most healthy people mm-hmm. have uh, an ability to get away with eating extra healthy fats and and not really having it be well we'll get there we'll get there in calories let's just talk about yeah. the benefits of fats first i think for to kind of sum it up i always think of fat as like the protection so not only the protecting of like our body and insulation, right? There is a level of body fat that is helpful to the body and everyone has essential body fat. Even at the leanest of lean people that you see, there is body fat there that can be insulating, it can be protecting, it can help us regulate temperature, but also from a cell perspective, cell membranes, joints, in the joints, between the joints, around the joints, Fat is very protecting to the body and helps the body function. So we need a certain level of body fat. And as a result, actually, that comes from the healthy fats that we eat help to nourish those ligaments, those tendons, those pads, that protection within the body. So while the name and calling people fat isn't awesome and we don't love to kind of dual term it, there is a reason for that. And that is because a lot of those benefits of consuming the healthy fats also come into play there. Definitely come into play there. Um, what you said you said you use fat. What was the word? Protect. Protect. Yeah. Uh, the word I always think of is function, mm-hmm. um, which you were saying all those things. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. So I like kind of protect a little bit better. <laughs> um, I used to tell people, and still will. Uh, Fat is for function, and and that's because fat at at its at its core, when it's consumed in the body, is primarily used in hormone function, um, and it helps regulate our hormones and helps make sure our hormones are doing the right things uh, when it's broken down, um, and that therefore is protect. So I, I kind of like Emily's version of protect better. When I used to do another analogy, when when you build a house, like the lumber is the carbs. Um, all the stuff that kind of puts it together and builds into it is like the nails and the, and the type of siding and all that stuff is like the proteins and the furnishings, like the last little bit of touches, mm-hmm. like the things that the appliances in the house, yeah. those are the fats. Like it's like the extra stuff that mm-hmm. you can really add to it. 
that was that was kind of how I did it in the house analogy, and I probably stole that from somebody too, but who knows? Um, so protect and function um, or furnish. Those were those yeah. were those were maybe three words to think about, like the fats and what they do for us. Um, there's also a lot of micronutrients in fats. Um, or micronutrients digested with fats, yes. right? There's vitamins A, D, E, and K can only be, they are fat-soluble vitamins. So to absorb and to utilize those vitamins within the body and those micronutrients within the body, we have to consume them mm-hmm. with some sort of fat. They are the catalyst that brings them into the cells so the body is able to function properly. Bingo. That was what I was really getting to. And the antioxidant support that mm-hmm. fats offer too. Like like there's numerous benefits from it. Um, people struggle with getting enough of the right fats in. There there was a lot of um, research in the, in the 70s, which was incorrect research that was falsified by the media that we can go on a conspiracy thing about the government and the FDA and everybody else, but we won't because that's not real and that's not what things are like here, about saturated fat mm-hmm. and how saturated fat leads to X, Y, and Z, which is false to the large extent. There are, though... Um, three different types of fats, saturated fat, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated. If we consume a diet exclusive of saturated fat, it's not so much that we are, it's not so much of like the processed red meats and everything else that can play a role. Obviously there's some correlation there to heart disease and everything else, cardiovascular stuff um, and triglycerides. But what the real research is showing is that it's the lack of us eating the other fats in a in a in a balanced diet of our fat intake of the poly and mono unsaturated fats that help us with cholesterol that help us with inflammation that help us with all of these other things saturated fats are more of like the animal fats and, and coconut um so like dairy meats and coconut like those are sat fats every other fat out there um is is either a poly or a mono and and seeds nuts oils um, fish, like fish is kind of the exception to the sat fat one. Um, all of these play a role and those actually show promise to helping out like the real benefits of healthy fats and, and they have a lot better, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, M, like a lot better, I don't know if I want to say like health function, but there's a lot more um, nutritious, uh, nutrition value, nutrition yeah. calories to it, mm-hmm. nutrition dense, There's there we go, that's the word, nutrition dense um, features than like calorie features that usually are from pure protein or dairy that just has fat in it as well. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that compartmentalizing them into kind of those two buckets can be helpful to say like, oh, yes, we need a little bit from each of these buckets of saturated fat, of unsaturated fat. Like we need both of those to some degree. There isn't just like everything else where we you know, kind of toe the line here on our podcast right in the middle of it's not all one and it's not all of the other. And I think that's where when people are, and we kind of briefly glazed over like ketogenic diets, for example, people go so far one direction of like ketogenic charcuterie diets. boards every day. Yes. <laughs> Cheese, meats, like, oh, I can have bacon every single day. Well, yeah. you could, but from an overall health standpoint, you lose those nutrient-dense benefits of the unsaturated fats where we have to incorporate also, if we're going to do keto correctly, the avocados, the mixed nuts, the unsaturated fats 
from the healthy olive oils, etc. Yeah. We have to have both of those things. They can't be one or the other. It, and, and that's, I don't, I, was it on here that we talked about how people butcher the ketogenic diet? Or was that something, was that talking to me, me talking uh, to somebody else? It might have been, we might have referenced it in like a season one episode. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. It was something recently, we've, so maybe yeah. it, was, it was somewhere else then. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about it in here. Yeah. Like, people butcher it a lot. Like, we see, like, we know people that do ketogenic. We've done it with people here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it, and I've got, I, I get, I get very, very good results from it in terms of fat loss. Um, and then after about four to six weeks, I need to check out. Like, it's just mm-hmm. not a diet that's sustainable for me. It is mm-hmm. also an, an extremely difficult, like, five-star difficulty. Challenging. Yeah, socially challenging. It's a very hard one to sustain long-term. Um, but what happens is people just focus on what, what, what M was saying with, like, the bacon, the meats, and the cheeses, and they don't get the other fats that they actually should be intaking. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really actually lead them to a... a as much change as what they think they should have because there's not as much of that nutrition density and everything else in the sat fats and a sat fat strict diet alone could lead to some different stuff long term mm-hmm. depending on how, how how focused on you like there's a carnivore diet out there where you just eat meats mm-hmm. right um, but that whole thing is supposed to be based on wild caught grass fed free range and and what happens is people are like oh I can just eat all the meat I want well, the thought, the theory behind that diet is that you you eat the meats that eat the grains and the vegetables and the and the and the plants that we get the nutrients from. Then, right. And a lot of those meals, a lot of those meats, are full with unsaturated poly and mono fats, poly mm-hmm. poly and mono unsaturated fats, which is what we're still talking about here. Mm-hmm. There's all the saturated fats are are beneficial, but they're not as nutritious as the other ones. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the other ones are the ones that you, you should be focusing more effort on. And also, I would say, like, highlight on effort. Uh, they will probably require a little bit more effort on mm-hmm. your end to include those in your diet because the other ones are more easily accessible. Easily accessible, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like when we talk about a total intake from calories, like, it's easy to find carbohydrates. It's mm-hmm. easy to find when we say easy to find fat, it's usually easy to find saturated fat. So cheese we, everywhere. Right. Well, yeah, we're in Wisconsin. So that, that too. <laughs> so, okay, so Meat yes, sticks. Plenty. Cheese. Right. But when we think of it, we also have to focus in on that protein. We also have to focus on the unsaturated fats. Mm-hmm. We have to find those. We have to intentionally seek them out yep. and probably change something about what we're currently consuming to ensure that we are getting enough of them. Hydrogenated fats and trans fats are artificially made fats. We are not going to discuss those uh, at length in this episode. Just avoid them at all costs. And I think all food labels have to put those in there now, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's still, I don't think they updated the restrictions from like, if it's less than a half a gram, you can just say zero. So knowing that like, Trans fats are going to be in a lot of fried foods is helpful. A lot of a lot of very in like, fa- bakery like like goods. baked goods. Yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of fake sweets. Um, yep. They they do that. Yeah. Yeah. But just know, but they should be labeled in the ingredients. It should definitely say it. Yeah. On the food labels, if you're looking at something, and this is just a tangent, and it says zero grams of trans fat. If it's anything under 0.5 grams, they can just list it as zero. Yeah, they don't need to log it up. Yeah. I think it's. I think the way I told it to somebody too was, like, if you're ever looking for something at a grocery store, or convenience store, any store, gas station, wherever, and like it's super cheap, or there's stuff that's like cheaper and it's like the same thing, and all of a sudden, like you wonder why, like 
It's cheaper because it's made with trans fats or hydrogenated oils. Like those are cheaper to process. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they, they're literally man-made, so it's much, much, much cheaper, um, which then keeps obviously the cost down long-term. Yeah. Like I remember, I think it's Roma frozen pizzas. Like mm -hmm. they were always like $1.52, like when we were in college. <laughs> just slay them and then all of a sudden I remember looking I'm like oh my gosh these have trans fats it's not like, even or yeah. which it's one of the two and I'm like oh like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're not even eating like real crust and I'm like oh my gosh like this sucks like I, I dominate like the five for ten deals on those in college um so uh that's the, those are the benefits of fats mm -hmm. um fat can also be used or is also used as uh slow burn long-term uh energy Mm -hmm. It's it's not used for heavy exertion stuff, so it's based on kind of like, do we just want to base on heart rate, like like it's based on how I'd say use heart rate, yeah, like As your a exertion pretty general model, yeah. yeah, like like the more you exert, and the faster you exert something, the more your body will pull from usually carbohydrate based, mm -hmm. um, and not so oxidative based anymore. But if you keep thing at a keep things at like a relative heart rate, that's 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 like. It's different for everybody. It's relative for everybody. There's yeah. a, there's a certain quotient that we can find and figure all these things out for people. But moderate intensity or less is usually fat burning zones. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean if you did like two hours of cardio, for example, at just the fat burning zone that you just like burned all the fat there. Like again, remember what we talked about. Like fat is uh, one nine grams per one calorie, mm -hmm. or sorry, nine calories. Nine per calories one. per one gram. So it's harder like. It, like it has to be done differently so you actually burn more fat by getting like your your natural steps in the neat episode we went through that I think it was on this season mm -hmm. um, you spending time in that fat burning zone doesn't mean that the fat's just gonna melt off uh, if you're if you're if you're in a caloric deficit it's better chance if you're eating better food there's a better chance if you're sleeping there's a better chance like there's those things are happening there so don't get caught up in the whole fat burning zone is like the only way you should be training um, that's not how fat burning actually works long term with that mm -hmm. too, and that's that's one of those things. So just I wanted to make sure we touched on that. For sure, I I always like to use kind of two points on that. While you're in workout, I always like to think of it as a continuum. So as someone who does a lot of like long distance running, mm -hmm. I consume a lot of carbohydrates during my run, usually in the form of gummies, and I'm a firm believer that Swedish fish are superior. So I consume a lot of those. Those are clearly not fat. They are completely carbs, they are sugar, right? Every 13 Swedish fish is 100 calories, just for a reference point of how many Swedish fish I consume, it's a lot. And when I'm in that, however, when I'm running for multiple hours, my body has to dip into the fat stores to burn a little bit. So where the carbohydrate leaves off, that gap is closed by fat burning. But the common misconception is that, oh, I burned 200 calories during that workout, that was 200 calories of fat. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. Fat burning, and this kind of ties into the next thing where Jordan was going with this, happens in the in-between moments of the workouts. We do the workouts to maintain the muscle mass, to keep it around, to improve our cardiovascular health, right? And we might do that at a level that is quote unquote fat burning heart rate zone. Um, a lot of watches and fitness wearables will show this, but it's not that we're burning the fat then. We're using the fuel that we have to complete the workout 
And then in our recovery, our body can then rely on the fat stores to burn for fuel, especially during things like sleeping, Mm -hmm. sitting, walking, those daily activities where at rest, the body doesn't have to exert at high levels. It can just chill and recover and burn body fat during those times. Yeah, and the body can also feed off of what you're feeding it. So Mm -hmm. if you're... If you're actually using like some healthy, if you eat some healthy fats before a run or a workout or some sort of activity, your body will actually try to promote more fat Mm -hmm. utilization of energy, regardless of kind of the exertion until certain points um, to burn that. So if you consume fat before a workout, you will, you will most likely burn a little bit more fat during that workout. Mm -hmm. That that's, that's been a shown thing. Um, Again, it's not to like the drastic extent where you're going to make game changing stuff, but it's an accumulation thing over time. It's, right. It's some, right? Like in, I use the Swedish fresh analogy. I also use uh, gels, Huma gels, that actually have chia seeds in them, mm-hmm. and they have a little bit of fat. So yep. I can stimulate that, and those help, like, kind of tide me over so yep. that it all comes Slower together. Slower digesting. Right. Yeah. I don't just slam a bunch of Swedish fresh, though a large consumption is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can get some extra energy off of healthy fat and you can use more fat as energy from consuming fat if it's timed appropriately, um, like Mm pre-workouts. Just know that the workout, you might not be able to perform as best as you could if it's a higher intensity, something of strength training, of sprints, or like something that requires more energy of you. Um, It's a cool little thing that you can experiment with and play around with yourself. Um, uh, It's going to feel a little bit different for a little bit, but it's it's there for you. Mm The other thing that about fat is kind of, again, coming back to the calories and the, and the portion sizes. So we went through the benefits of it. We went through a little bit more of like how you can use it with metabolic flexibility, like Emily was saying. Like it's, it's kind of like the fat burning, a lot of it, most of it happens in the in-between. So we have to have the flexibility in, the, in our metabolism to create this. That comes from a nutritious diet um, and the right type of training. The, uh, the way that you can consume fats then is based on... Uh, what your goal is and I think the easiest way that I've always talked to people and we'll see what M kind of jumps in here and again her and I have some similar background and stuff so don't be surprised if we say the same damn thing uh, when you are consuming higher carbohydrate diets or you are consuming higher carbohydrate meals or higher carb times your fats shouldn't be that high they should be a little bit lower mm-hmm. but when you are consuming higher fats we want to try to bring the carbs back down Reason being is because when they're mixed together, there's some things that happen through hormones, particularly insulin, that can kind of go out of whack where we can have insulin around longer than what we need it to be. Mm-hmm. High carb, high sugar, or high carb, high fat. Think of like high sugar foods with fats in them. So like cookies, sweets, muffins, like all of those things. Those are high carb, high fats. Cheeseburgers, fries, pizzas. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry, guys. But here we are. So when you have foods higher in carbohydrates, you want to try and keep fats a little lower. When we have foods higher in fats, we want to keep carbs a little lower just to help with digestion and hormone stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that what you would, heard yeah. too? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think normally, like when we're keeping calories controlled, protein kind of stays the same. We always want to keep it high. Constant. We've done yeah. many episodes on protein. It almost happens, and I've been working with a lot of Not people enough, here. What? Not enough episodes on protein, apparently. <laughs> we could probably do more. <laughs> keep going. So you've been working. I've with been people working here. with people here during our twenty-eight day. Uh, nutrition where we have people do focus on nutrition we count our macronutrients and it's been a common like discussion that I've had with many of the people in it about 
yeah, just let the protein let the protein stay high, let the carbs and the fats, some days will be higher, some days will be lower. Yeah. I personally don't love to see, especially in females, because of the hormone implications. I've noticed that like low, low fat um, for females usually isn't great for people. Like I'd like to, to stay super high, which automatically means our carbs kind of have a limit to them, depending on the type of activity, depending on the individual. And this is where it does get very individualized. Yep. But a lot of times what we'll see is our bodies will just naturally crave the foods that we need. Yep. Right, So if we have a super intense workout, our bodies are going to crave carbohydrates to refuel if that is our predominant energy source. If you are someone who is fat adapted and following a ketogenic diet, you might crave avocados and mixed nuts and those types of things after a workout or after a session. But for the large majority of people who naturally burn a little bit more carbs as fuel, you will naturally crave those carbs as fuel on the days where the workouts are more intense. If they're less intense, you might shift back and you'll just naturally kind of ebb and flow if you just tracked it without even thinking or intentionally doing anything about it. And I think people should experiment with that more where like, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try eating a little bit more fat today on a day that I'm not working out that I don't need as many carbs Mm -hmm. and just kind of see how a lower carb, higher fat day would would feel like and go, Yeah. right? Um, Because what happens is we end up missing the carbs and we want to eat more of them. Like you just said it, when you eat more of the certain food, your body could crave it in particular with carbs. Mm -hmm. So that goes through that too. Um, You touched on something that was actually going to lead into the last thing that I really wanted to make sure we hit home on today and then whatever else we want to wrap up with Mm -hmm. was the portion size. Yeah. But you were talking more on the lines of minimum, like minimum effective dose. Yeah. Um, I've seen the same thing. The lower the fats people consume, the more... Like, it seems like the more pain, pain points they have, like joint mm-hmm. stuff, it seems like they don't recover as well. Mm-hmm. In particular, females don't just seem like they're not doing female things as well. Yeah. Um, some of this might be because you and I work with an age that a lot of these ladies are going through that stage of a life of pre-menopause, pre-menopause. pre, yeah, mm-hmm. all the stuff. So there could be some hormonal things that happen through that and whatnot. But uh, those that include the healthy fats as a as a regular basis seem to be like long term they seem to be better i think it just speaks to and i know we've talked obviously about protein being very satiating but fat can have a similar like satiety effect too where you can just feel better if you eat the carbs and the protein alone the body often just digests them very quick especially with like if we are doing this on a with a way protein supplement, for example, like the body will digest that very quickly. Fats kind of give you that bridge to say like, oh yeah, I do feel full. I feel satiated because that perfect triangle of like a little bit of each of those things creates that like full meal, full Mm -hmm. feeling effect. Um, I've noticed that personally. I've noticed that with people we work with here, like anytime we sit down and have a full meal, not just, oh, I snacked on some crackers and then I was hungry two minutes later. If you have some crackers with a hummus or with an avocado, you know, spread of some sort. I was going to say cheese, but we already talked about saturated fats, right? But those work too. We just can't only have crackers and cheese. <laughs> and, the, and the only time we really don't want to have, like Emily nailed it right there, fat has a satiating um, characteristic to it. Like it can help us get more sat- satisfied within a certain meal. Uh, the only time in, in what it does to the digestion um the only time that's not really ideal is right after a workout. Mm-hmm. So we just don't want to try and have the first meal 
um, or the post-workout shake and the first meal after a workout be like super high in fat. We would like to keep the fat at a minimum so your body actually can process things a little bit faster to get to the torn down muscles and start the recovery process faster. Mm -hmm. This is in particularly important for females. Um, so that's, that'd be the only time where we're not going to say like get all the fat that you can or promote healthy fats there. That would be the time where we want to keep fats a little bit more lower, like intentionally. Mm -hmm. um, portion sizes for like recommendations for females and males. Uh, portion size wise, guys, that sounded weird. Portion size wise, everybody, um, is measured with a thumb. Like we use hand portions as our portion size guidelines. You can also have the equivalent to be like one ounce, almost like one mm -hmm. tablespoon. That's yeah. considered a serving of fat. Mm -hmm. um, Gram-wise, I don't remember what grams. 28. 28? Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Um, Emily knew where I was going with it. So. Well, that's weighed. 28 weighed grams. 28 weighed grams. Yeah. So one ounce, roughly in most, like peanut butter, for example, Yeah. is 28 grams weighed. I don't remember what the grams of fat are. I think it's like uh, eight. Eight. Yeah, eight, eight or nine. Ten. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because I think two tablespoons uh, are like 18 or 19 grams, mm -hmm. depending on what type of peanut butter it is. And that, that's then yeah. the 54 or 56 grams of yep. Yeah, wait, so perfect. So approximately one ounce, 28, one thumb, one tablespoon are approximately a serving of fat. For females, typically the minimum is usually like five a day. Mm -hmm. Like that, that we, we like to go for just mm -hmm. thinking of like five thumbs of fat a day. Yeah. Right. Four, four or five is a minimum probably. Mm -hmm. I would um, say probably closer, like assuming those, all those numbers are right. I usually go like in grams wise, I usually say like minimum 50. Yeah. Like if someone's consistently eating below 50 grams of fat, like we need to look at some stuff. 50 and 55 in my head for females was like yeah. screaming and then 75 for males. For males. Yeah. yeah 75. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, in theory, then, if we have like nine grams or ten grams, mm -hmm. just say nine for a thumb. If we eat five of those, nine times five is forty-five. So right. it's it's probably closer to five or six then. Yeah. Um, that fifty-gram mark is kind of like the minimum. That creates like sustainable hormonal function, mm -hmm. and it gives you that sustainable energy. Um, it should be a mixture of sat, fats, poly, poly unsaturated and monounsaturated. Again, we talked about it earlier that it's very easy to find the sat fats, so focus your energy on the other ones and just know if you're doing enough protein um, and you're obviously in the Midwest, you're going to get your sat fats. So we're, like, that's going to be a given. In, yeah. Yeah. So you just have to balance it out with the other ones. Mm -hmm. um, also a wiser idea if you, if you find yourself going very high in saturated fats and fats overall when you attempt to do this, this is why it might be a wiser idea to go after some leaner sourced proteins mm -hmm. to try and help balance that out. Um, but again, if you decide to go more lower carb, fats can kind of come up to have that energy as long as protein's at an adequate level. If your goal is fat loss, it doesn't really matter where fats and carbs are coming from. They get the same. You, yep. you get the result. So yeah. you can work through it like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. I think uh, I think that about sums it up. I think where, where you focus your energy is kind of where things will change. Yes. So if you notice, like I always recommend if you're venturing into this, starting with hey what does what am i currently eating what am i what is my current diet consist of and then go from there in terms of what do i need to change what do i need to focus on etc um but track first see where you're at and then kind of wrap up with what do you need to change where do we need to focus and go from there yeah keep it we're trying to keep it simple mm -hmm. by keeping it real 
Um, but it's simple isn't always easy. So focus on what you can, start with that one thing, make it your goal, track it. Um, I think just experiment even with like higher fat days and lower carb days just to see how your body responds mm -hmm. that way. I think that could be a good start for people. Yeah, and then making sure your minimums are there. Focus on the un un unsaturated fats too. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. That's all we got. Thank you guys as always very much for listening. Uh, share this episode with someone who might need it. Give us a like if you're seeing our social media post. Rate, subscribe, and download over on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye, everybody.